Thank you so much for tuning in to my weekly sermon podcast. My name is David Hansen. I am the pastor of St. John Lutheran Church of Prairie Hill, a congregation of the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located just outside of Brenham, Texas. On Sunday, August 18th, we came to the conclusion of our summer sermon series, Galatians Radically Free, Radically Bound. We read together Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 18, which you will hear in just a moment. I would invite you to learn more about our congregation by visiting us at stjohnprairiehill.org. That's stjohnprairiehill.org. And you may also hear more of my sermons and read other things that I've written on my blog. That's at revdavidh.blogspot.com. No matter where in the world you are when you listen to this sermon today, please know that we are praying for you here today at Prairie Hill. To interpret the appearance of the earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The word of the Lord. We are coming to the end of this Sunday of our series, reading through the book of Galatians. We're going to read from the sixth chapter of Galatians, verses 7 to 18, which you can find on page 168 of the Pew Bibles, the Green Bibles in your pew. Paul writes, Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. See what large letters I make when I am writing in my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that try to compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Even the circumcised do not themselves obey the law, but they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. As for those who will follow this rule, peace be upon them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. And from now on, let no one make trouble for me, for I carry the marks of Jesus branded on my body. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. As we today come to the end of this book of Galatians, having spent the whole summer with it, I think it's good to reflect a little bit upon the writer of this letter, this person, Paul. Because really, we learn more about Paul from this letter than we do just about anywhere else. Paul is just filled with passion and you can sense his personality just jumping off the page in this letter. 
In fact, as we come to the end of the letter, we get this little bit that's one of my favorites in all of Scripture. We're reading along through the book of Galatians, and all of a sudden we hear in verse 11, Look what big letters I write when I write in my own hand. Because the fact is, Paul didn't write most of the letters that we ascribe to him. He had someone else do it for him. right? As we said at the beginning of, of this series, this isn't just about an individual Paul writing to another individual about individualistic faith. This is about one community of faith writing to another community of faith. And so, as Paul wrote, the way it worked was this. Is you, Paul would be sitting there and he would have somebody sitting next to him. And that person sitting next to him would write down whatever Paul said. Sort of transcribe as he went. Here's your big word of the day. You can impress all your friends. Amanuensis is the word. Paul had what was called an amanuensis. And so this scribe would write whatever Paul said. And then he would take this letter. The amanuensis, the the scribe, would take this letter and would carry it from wherever Paul was to the community that he was writing to. And then he, the person who heard Paul first speak the words, would get up in front of the congregation and would read Paul's letter in the sort of voice that Paul might read it, full of emotion and passion. I kind of take some comfort in the fact that Paul probably had terrible handwriting, it seems, right? Look what big letters I make when I write with my own hand. You know, it's not just computers that have killed handwriting. Paul had terrible handwriting too, and so I must be okay, right? And then we get this piece that kind of comes back to the heart of the letter to the Galatians. Neither circumcision, says Paul, nor uncircumcision is anything. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. If you'll recall, this is the debate that's been going on throughout this Galatian community, throughout this letter, right? We've got One group of people who says, you have to become a good Jew. You have to obey the law. You have to do all the right things, including being circumcised, before you can become a Christian. And Paul says, not so much. And so this is sort of the conclusion of that, the continuation of that thought. Think about what that must have meant for Paul. You've got to remember where, where he came from and how he got here. We say, a new creation is everything. And we make nice banners that say, new creation. And all everything is being made new. And that's all fine and that's great. And it makes us feel pretty good and it's pretty comfortable. But think about how much that must have bothered Paul. This is a guy that was a Pharisee. right? That meant he spent his whole life studying the law. And teaching other people to uphold the law. And all of a sudden he changes his mind. Paul becomes a heretic, not just to the Jews for proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah, but even within the first Christian community for saying that you don't have to become a Jew before you become a Christian. Paul is pushed out of everything. He leaves behind. His path is set. He's going down the road. This is the story, right? He's going down the road doing what God has called him to do, he believes. The thing that he's supposed to do with his life. His life plan. He's doing it and all of a sudden, right? The Damascus Road experience happens and everything is different. Nothing is the same after that point for Paul. Because when Paul says, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision matters, but a new creation is everything, Paul realizes that that new creation is not always 
comfortable, is not always pleasant, is not always easy. And he lived it out in his own life as he moved from the the, the Saul who was the persecutor of the church to Paul who proclaims this radical grace in which everyone is loved and accepted in Jesus Christ. Because it kind of matches up with Jesus' description of a new creation. Did you hear that as, as Charles was reading it, right? Charles is reading as Jesus is preaching today. And the Jesus that we hear today is not, you know, we're used to this Jesus up here over the pulpit with this nice faraway look in his eyes and looking all very peaceful. Or maybe the Jesus in Sunday school, right, who says, let the children come to me. And you see all these little kids running around and Jesus is laughing and smiling. Yeah, that's not the Jesus that we get today. Jesus stands up and he says, I have come to bring fire to the earth and I wish that it was already kindled. Come to bring fire to the earth, and oh, how I wish that it was already kindled. I think that this is the Jesus that Paul meets on the Damascus Road. The Jesus that says, stop where you're going, change everything, nothing is the same. I don't know about your house when you were growing up. We had rules, right, about playing with fire and matches. Yeah? You had them too? Do not do that, yes. Do not do that. That was the rule. I was never very good at it, right? I was never very good at that rule. Do not do that. Do not play with matches, David. I'm still not okay. That's fine. But why? Why is our rule, don't play with matches? Because if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Right? You play with fire, and sooner or later, you're going to get burned. Because that's what happens. And it hurts. And it's no fun. And that's why we spend... Millions of dollars every year, don't we? Trying to keep fire out of our lives. We have in this community, whether it's the volunteer fire department or the Brenham fire department, wonderful people who are in charge of making sure that the fire doesn't spread. We watch as wildfires break out across Texas in the summer heat and we send our prayers and our money helping to put out that fire so it doesn't spread. You go to a city like Houston and all the buildings have those little sprinkler systems to make sure that the fire goes out. Or to go off with nothing as long as get everybody wet, but hopefully to keep everybody safe from the fire. Because when the fire burns, there's nothing that's going to stop it. It takes everything that gets in its path. And it burns. And it causes what we would call damage. But... You know, before you and I came along, those fires just burned, didn't they? Out on the prairies in the Midwest, the fires just burned, and they had to burn so that something new could come up. But out east, in the forests of the east, the fires would just burn through the forest because they had to burn, and new forests would come up after the fire. Because that's how a new creation happens, isn't it? The old gets burned away, and something new comes up out of it. Why do we get to worship, you and I, in this beautiful worship space that we all get to fit in? Because the old one burned down. We couldn't have fit in the old sanctuary, this congregation. But this new one was built, a new creation, after the fire had burnt away the old one. It starts to get a little bit uncomfortable when you talk about God's new creation being something that comes out of the ashes, being something that comes after the fire. 
Okay, sure, circumcision and uncircumcision, that's nothing. All right, well, let's be honest. We're not really debating about circumcision these days too often, are we? I can't think of the last debate I ever had with someone about whether or not they ought to circumcise their child. It's just not something we're getting worked up at anymore. But what about what we do get worked up about, right? This is what Paul is talking about, are the things that we set up that divide me from you and you from one another. Neither liberal nor conservative is anything, but a new creation is everything. Neither Republican nor Democrat nor Libertarian is anything, but a new creation is everything. Well, then maybe we're starting to talk, aren't we? A new community that doesn't have these sorts of divisions. That's what Paul is envisioning. A new community that doesn't have these sort of walls built up between us. These ways that we sort of keep ourselves separate from one another. We could hit a little more close to home, couldn't we? About the things that we use to divide us one from another. Neither documented nor undocumented worker is anything, but a new creation is everything. That's a little closer to home as we get to Texas. Neither Brennamite nor Houstonite is anything, but a new creation is everything. Neither Texan nor New Yorker nor even Minnesotan is anything, but a new creation is everything. What are the ways that we divide ourselves from one another? What are the labels that we place on one another to make each other seem different and unlovable? That's what Paul calls sin. Those divisions between us. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. There in the waters of baptism, we are made new and we are called to continually be made new. We, you and I, we have set up our lives so that our hearts, our souls, our minds are covered by a fire suppression system and God wants us to turn it off. There's a reason that the image for the Holy Spirit is a flame. There's a reason that we call out for the fire of Jesus Christ and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Next week as we set off Sunday school, we pray for the spark of faith. Because God has some work to do and that work involves flame. What is it in you? What is it in us that needs to be burned away by God's Holy Spirit so that we can be God's new creation? What is it that, as to use Paul's language, that needs to be crucified with Christ in order that we may be raised to new life with Christ. Paul has spent this whole letter talking about how divided these churches in Galatia are, and now what he's saying is this. You're called to be a community. And these things that you think are important, these things that make you point your finger at everyone else and say that they aren't good enough, that they aren't loved, that they don't belong, They don't matter. They need to burn. They need to be crucified. And God needs to bring about new life. That's the promise for each one of us. New life. A new creation is everything. And in order for there to be room for that new creation, some of the old has to go away. What is it in your life that needs to be set on fire by the Holy Spirit? What is it in your life that needs to be burned away to make room for God? Because God fully intends to set this world on fire. If you come to the end of our scriptures, the book of Revelation, we'll read his favorite book, right? The book of Revelation, 
You encounter God saying, look, I am making all things new. There is a new heaven and a new earth. Look, I am making all things new. God is setting fire to the earth to bring about a new creation. And you and I are the kindling. We are the starting point. We are the flashpoint for it all. What's the sin? What's the division? What needs to die in your life? You need an order for God to bring about new life. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything but a new creation. A new creation is everything. Amen.